What's up, everybody? I'm Milan Jordan. This is the MMA Daily Blitz, brought to you by FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, at Milan Jordan. Also on threads as well, at Milan Jordan. Uh, also, check out our website, FanStreamSports.com, for more great content. All right, coming off a busy weekend, both Bellator and the UFC with fight cards on Saturday night. We'll start with the pay-per-view, UFC 291, Saturday night in front of a raucous crowd in Salt Lake City, Utah, headlined by Poirier versus Gaethje, too. And the first meeting back in 2018 was the fight of the year and went to Dustin Poirier via fourth-round knockout. Well, the rematch didn't last as long, but it did also end via knockout. Justin Gaethje ends up winning in a second-round KO just one minute into round number two with a picture-perfect head kick, reminiscent of Leon Edwards' head kick knockout of Kamara Usman last year, also in Salt Lake City. Uh, both guys had some good shots throughout this fight. Uh, Gaethje set up the head kick with a solid right jab and quickly landed his left shin against Dustin Poirier's right temple. Absolute textbook. Uh, so Justin Gaethje now holds the BMF belt, and but more importantly, is in line for a lightweight title shot next time out. Uh, current champ Islam Makachev will face Charles Oliveira at UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi this October. Uh, of course, the Gaethje Poirier fight was a big fight with a lot of eyeballs. So, of course, Conor McGregor went on social media to put in his two cents, saying, uh, Well, forget about fighting Michael Chandler. He wants to fight Justin Gaethje now. Uh, when asked about that in the post fight press conference, uh, Gaethje shut down that talk saying he, quote, doesn't fight guys on steroids, end quote. So, look, of course, if you've seen Conor McGregor over the past six, seven, eight, nine months, he looks absolute jack. So a lot of people are suspicious about you know him, uh, that figure being enhanced. Uh, look, we got the Ultimate Fighter going on uh, season 30. Uh, season's going to be wrapping up soon. And usually when that ends, the two coaches go at it. The seasons, This season's coaches... Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler, uh, a very intriguing fight. Uh, it was announced back in January. Of course, Conor McGregor is coming off a broken leg. Uh, he's not in the USADA uh, testing pool. Need to be in the USADA testing pool. Six months of clean tests before you fight, of course, unless the UFC uh, grants uh, uh, an exemption, which it's Conor McGregor. It wouldn't be surprised if they did if they did that. But nonetheless, so you figure. All right, January, they're going to fight at some point, maybe this summer. It was, you know, uh, fight week, then maybe New York, and then maybe year-end. Well, here it is. It's now August, August 2nd to be exact, as I'm recording this Wednesday night. And nothing even close to a Conor McGregor-Michael Chandler fight. So, uh, does look, does Conor McGregor need the fight? No, he doesn't. The guy's made millions upon millions of dollars. His story is a great story. Uh, you know, work, work up through the ranks. Made millions. Uh, he has, you know, is probably the, the most famous MMA athlete by far. Uh, he has his proper 12 whiskey and other business ventures. He's in the movies, all that stuff. But that being said, anytime there's, you know, John Jones has done this in the past, too. When there's a big fight, kind of get, get people talking about him. You know, it's like, hey, I know these guys are getting a spotlight, but no, let me get in on that, too. So Conor McGregor goes on Twitter or social media and just gives his two cents. But Let's be honest. You know, I've had my doubts about a uh, Conor McGregor, uh, Michael Chandler fight for the last couple months because there's nothing even close to that. Michael Chandler's game for it. He's like, yeah, why not? But 
you figure they might announce something during the Ultimate Fighter. Well, that's nothing even close has happened. So at this point, you know, again, mentioned the uh, six months of uh, clean testing the USADA pool. Conor McGregor still is not in the USADA testing pool as of this moment. So if, you, if, if it does last six months, six months from now would be early February. That's a long time. It's like by that point, him and Michael Chandler, it's like people forget about the uh, ultimate fighter by that point. So you're really building whatever kind of momentum you had from that gone. But it's a kind of McGregor fight. You really don't need momentum from outside sources. It's kind of McGregor, right? The fight sells itself. But to be honest with you, I don't think he needs the fight. Uh, his, I think his best days as a fighter are behind him. Uh, if he is this for the love of a competition and competing and wanting to come back from a vicious injury, okay, but still waiting, right? I mean, we've known this since January, and there's nothing even close to coming to a fight. So, uh, he doesn't need the money, certainly, doesn't need the notoriety. Uh, people know Conor McGregor if they see if he doesn't fight again, he's still going to be, you know, uber famous and rich and all that stuff. So, uh, Look, he, Mike, you know, Justin Gaethje has said he's not going to fight uh, Conor McGregor, so fine. So is Michael Chandler back on the table? Who knows? And to be honest with you, it's a big soap opera. You know, i not going to hold my breath as an MMA fan. I mean, if we see Conor McGregor fight again, fine. If not, that's fine, too. And I wouldn't be surprised if we wouldn't. Uh, all right. So back to the UFC 291 card, the co-main event. Uh, was Alex Pajeda uh, making his light heavyweight debut. The former middleweight champ took on former light heavyweight champ Jan Blachowicz. Uh, and this was a close fight. And Pajeda ended up winning by split decision. Uh, he went 29-28 for him by two judges, and the other one went 29-28 for Blachowicz. Uh, and again, it was a really close fight. I thought Blachowicz did a little bit more to win the fight, but again, not, it wasn't a robbery by any means in my eyes. Uh, it it, it could have gone either way, really. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Alex Pajeda's debut at light heavyweight is a successful one. Uh, after the fight, talked about maybe driving back to 185 for a trilogy MMA fight against Israel Adesanya. I mean, we'll see. Adesanya's clean out the 185-pound division. He's going to fight Drickus Duplessis next. First, if he wins that fight as expected. I mean, really, who's left at 185? So that could happen. It would be a big fight, but... Pajeda, I mean, he's. I think he's better off fighting at light heavyweight, even though he's won at middleweight. Is he? He's a huge middleweight, but he can more than handle himself at uh, 205. So, uh, we'll see. All right, elsewhere on the card, uh, on the main card, Derek Lewis took on Marcos Rogério de Lima, and he won via first round TKL just 33 seconds into the fight. Uh, this ended up being the final fight of Derek Lewis's contract, the Black Beast. We'll see where he goes from here. You know, could he go to PFL and, you know, maybe set up a fight with Francis Ngannou, a rematch from their UFC fight? Or does he stay with the UFC? Uh, Derek Lewis, fan favorite, one of the great personalities, not just in the heavyweight division, but in all the UFC, uh, coming out with a huge uh, just 33 seconds worth of work on Saturday night, uh, a first round TKO. Now, this fight uh, ended up replacing the Stephen Thompson, Michael Pajada, Michelle Pajada fight. Uh, that was postponed due to Pajada not making weight. He was over by three pounds. It's not the first time that he's missed weight at welterweight. Uh, and Thompson, to his credit, he didn't want to find an opponent who would be decisively bigger. Uh, when Warner Boy fought against Darren Till a few years back, uh, Till missed weight by three and a half pounds. Well, the fight went on, and Till ended up winning by unanimous decision. Here's the thing. We remember this now whenever someone misses weight. When a fighter misses weight, you talk about that weekend, the two fighters fight. And then, if you know, the, more often than not, the guy or fighter who misses weight, who is bigger, 
ends up winning the fight. They still get a win, and the person who did what they're supposed to do, cut weight properly, end up uh, making weight, loses, and that's an L on their mark. So I understand Stephen Thompson for doing this, and why not? I mean, you know, he went on uh, Eric Hawani's show, and he was saying, look, I'm a professional. He's had almost 100 total professional uh, fights, kickboxing and MMA. said he's never missed weight. So if he's going through that to be professional and do all that, his opponent should do the same, and I agree with him 100%, especially with this is a guy, Pajeda, who – uh, has had issues missing weight at uh, 170 in the past. So, uh, and at this, you know, there's, there's a money issue. Thompson, he has yet to be paid. Uh, he's confident he'll get paid. He'll get a show money. See, fighters get a show money and then a win money. I think when a fighter misses weight, uh, and if the fight goes on, the only way the guy who misses the fight, who misses weight, the only money they could possibly get is the uh, is win money. Don't get the show money because you didn't you showed up for the fight, but you're over. You didn't do you didn't fulfill your obligations of making weight. So I think that should go to the first fighter uh, who ended up making weight. In this case, Stephen Thompson. So uh, Stephen Thompson and look, that money's already allocated. So Thompson should get the win show and win money and also get the head of show money. So but again, that's going to that's worked out with the UFC. And uh, he's confident that uh, he will be uh, he will be paid for services. And again, think about this, too. During camp, you make so many sacrifices. That money comes in, and not just for the fighter, but also paying the managers, the coaches, gym time, all that stuff. And you kind of rely on that, especially now since you know fighters can't bring their own sponsorship deals to the UFC. It has to be you know within fight week and all that, so they're losing on all that money. So, I mean, why not get uh, everything there for uh, Stephen Thompson and other fighters and his that have been in his uh, similar situation? All right, the rest of the uh, UFC 291 main card. Bobby Green uh, has submitted Tony Ferguson uh, via arm triangle late in round number three. Uh, Tony Ferguson loses for the sixth straight time. Uh, and then opening up uh, the main card, Kevin Holland beat Michael Chiesa versus Dar- uh, via Darce Choke, uh, 239 of round number one. Uh, the undercard was uh, pretty, pretty eventful, pretty solid undercard. Again, the credit to the uh, fans in Salt Lake City. They were, they were loud. They were packed from... You know, early prelims all the way through the pay-per-view. Uh, and looking at the undercard, uh, Gabriel Bonfim uh, defeated Trevin Gillis uh, by guillotine choke. Uh, just a buck 13 in the round number one. Uh, CJ Vergara defeated Vinicius Salvador by unanimous decision. Wasn't the most exciting fight, but uh, Vergara ended up winning. And Salvador really did a lot of showboating. He was a taller fighter. A long, He had more range than Vergara. But Salvador did a lot of uh, showboating. Didn't really... Uh, not very much offense. And to Vergara's uh, credit, he didn't fall for the bait. Uh, elsewhere, Roman Kapolov defeated uh, Claudio Ribeiro by uh, knockout in round number two. Uh, Jake Matthews wins again, defeating Darius Flowers uh, via rear naked choke in round number two. Uh, another, and the other two fights were stoppages as well in the undercard. Uros Medic, the Serbian fighter who took this fight on just three weeks no notice, uh, beat Matthew uh, Smellsberger uh, via... Uh, third round TKO, just a vicious strike to end this fight. And then Miranda Maverick uh, ended up winning uh, via armbar round number three at uh, two minutes and 11 seconds over Priscilla Cachorra. All right, I mentioned Bellator uh, had their event on Saturday as well. Bellator and Ryzen 2 uh, at the Saitama Super Arena in Japan. Uh, the main card for the Bellator portion was Patricky Pitbull, uh, beating Roberto uh, uh, Souza by TKO via calf kick, and uh, you know early in round number three, and Patricky Pitbull ends up advancing in a lightweight Grand Prix. 
Uh, even though this fight was at 161, uh, 161 pounds, I remember D'Souza, he replaced A.J. McKee on three days uh, notice just before the fight uh, because McKee had to pull out due to medical issues. But nonetheless, Patricky Pitbull advances in the lightweight Grand Prix. Uh, the first ever Bellator flyweight championship was on the line, and well, it's still vacant. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi took on Makado Shinru. Uh, it was ruled a no contest due to an accidental eye poke. So, uh, as I mentioned, the championship remains vacant. Uh, it's just the third no contest in a Bellator championship fight ever. Uh, so, we'll see if there's a rematch, and these two fighters uh, go at it later down the road. Elsewhere on the main card for uh, Bellator and Ryzen, uh, Kana Wantanabe defeated Beta Atiaga by unanimous decision. Uh, Magomed Magomedov beat Danny Sabatello via guillotine choke in round number two. And Andre Korachkov beat Lorenz Larkin via split decision, avenging a 2019 loss to Larkin. All right, this weekend, the 2023 PFL playoffs kick off in San Antonio, Friday night to be exact. Uh, featuring semifinals of both featherweight and light heavyweight, you can catch the action on ESPN. Uh, on the main card, the featherweight semis, you got Bubba Jenkins taking on Jesus Pinedo, and then uh, Gabriel Braga takes on Chris Wade. Uh, the light heavyweight semis, Josh Silvera takes on Ty Flores, and Martin Hamlet takes on Impa Kasangane. Uh, and then also on the main card, you have a lightweight fight between Elvin Espinoza and Keone Diggs. Uh, the UFC is back in action uh, Saturday night uh, for a fight night card in Nashville, which you can see on ESPN. Uh, and the main car, the main event is in the bantamweight division. Uh, fourth ranked Corey Sanhagen takes on seventh ranked Rob Font. That should be a good fight. And then the co-main event is in the women's strawweight division. Number five Jessica Andrade takes on number ten Tatiana Suarez. But perhaps the biggest fight this weekend in combat sports is a boxing match between former UFC fighter Nathan Diaz making his pro boxing debut as he takes on Jake Paul. That will be Saturday night in Dallas on pay-per-view. All right, folks, well, that'll do it for this episode of the MMA Daily Blitz. As always, brought to you by FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Again, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you consume your podcast. Follow me on Twitter and threads uh, at Milan Jordan. As always, I appreciate you checking out the MMA Daily Blitz. I will talk to you later.